Welcome to Off the Beat, the podcast that discusses all things law enforcement from a cop's point of view. My name is DJ Sims. I'm a former detective, crime analyst, and SWAT operator from the metro Atlanta area. Now, I currently work for Motorola as a law enforcement consultant, but this podcast will never be about product or sales, and that I promise you. I came up with this idea because I wanted to have a place where we could have a conversation about current police issues without you, my listener, feeling like they were in a sales pitch. I wouldn't listen to that, and I'm sure you wouldn't either. So let's take a look at today's topic. Before we dive in today, I need to address last week's topic, the elephant in the room. And and frankly, if you haven't listened to that one yet, hit pause, go back, listen to that one. They tie together. The elephant in the room was about good cops, bad cops. And I gave you some stats. I said that there were 17,985 police departments in the U.S. and 686,665 cops. And by simple math, <laughs> they can't all be bad. We talked about that. And I got to tell you, the response to that particular podcast was quite overwhelming. Thank you. Um, you know, we, we don't market this podcast. I work for Motorola, but we don't market it. I, I, I frankly don't want it marketed by Motorola. I'm sure I get more listeners, but, but I think people would think that, oh, that's just some sales thing, and it's not. So I've avoided that. Listenership has gone up, and last week's listenership went through the roof. Um, frankly, uh, within the first two and a half minutes of posting it, <laughs> there were dozens and dozens of you that were immediately listening to it. Thank you. I appreciate that. I got a lot of feedback. Um, I got a lot of good feedback. Um, thank you. Thanks for speaking up for us. Thanks for, wasn't really the intent of the podcast. You know, I'm pro my brothers and sisters out there. You know that. But you also know that I'm all about understanding the truth, getting to the root of the truth. And that's really what this podcast is going to be about. And this one, frankly, I don't know. I was kind of on the fence about doing it. But so many of you said, let's talk about defunding. And man, I just went, (laughs) so I have been digging, researching, doing the maths, if you will. And, and I think I've got an interesting podcast for you today. So today's topic is police defunding. What in the world does that mean? What, what in the world does that mean? And I looked it up because I, you know, I'm all about, I, I, you know, I used to say on the road, matter of fact, a, a captain of mine, BJ Hewell, my, my first my first captain in, in CID, Detectives Division, said to me, DJ, you have to understand one thing. I said, what's that? And he said, there's that story, there's this person's story, and somewhere in between is the truth. Your job is to find the truth. Really stuck with me. 
I've always been kind of like that. I mean, I am originally from Missouri, the show me state, right? I, I don't believe anything till you show me. And frankly, if you don't show me, I'm going to research it myself. Sometimes my opinions change. Sometimes they don't. But I try to stand upon the hard fact truth. So that's what I've really tried to do in this particular podcast. Let me know what you think. So how do we start this defunding thing? I'm going to go in there and go, no, you can't do that. That's nuts. And defunding is crazy. And no, no, that's not what we're going to do. The first thing we're going to do is we're going to do our research. What in the world is defunding? Is, is that a real term? Is that a made up term by the media? Is that a, what in the world does that mean? Because defunding sounds like we're just going to take all your money away and you guys get to work for free. It, it, it's more reallocation. It, it's, it's taking funds that perhaps would have gone to, you know, uh, unfortunately, things like training, uh, uh, firearms, tactics, cars, stuff like that, and moving those funds or overtime. Overtime is going to be a big one here. <clears throat> and moving those funds to something different. Now, I got to be honest with you. I've done a lot of, uh, again, I've done a ton of research here. Agencies you've heard on the news, well, we're defunding, we're shifting, we're moving, we're this, we're that. I've had a really hard time trying to figure out where those funds go. Really hard time. I'm not saying they're not going somewhere. I'm just saying that it seems like the, the proverbial triggers have been pulled without a lot, in my opinion, of information of where the funds go. Yeah, they say things like, well, this is going to community efforts. Beautiful. I love that. You guys know I'm all about community policing. You guys know from my last podcast that I believe a lot of this is a separation of, of the police and the community. And we're going to get a little bit deeper into that today from a conversation I had this week. But exactly where are they going? I mean, I, I don't think any police officer would have a problem with funds going to the community because... If you think about it, if we get more community assistance, whether that be mental health, whether that be uh, you know, meals, whether that be heat, uh, I, whatever that is, the propensity perhaps for calls for service that we consider, oh man, again, we got, we got, we're always going there. Maybe those will drop. I don't know. That, that's yet to be seen, but what does it mean? So I actually found a couple of discussion boards, and I know, but hold on. I found a couple of discussion boards, and I got to tell you, I had a bad attitude about it, be honest with you. Matter of fact, my wife came to me the other day, and she says, here, look, here in your neighborhood, uh, here, here's, here's a chat board. Uh, they're talking about police. Uh, they're talking about them defunding. Okay, let me read this. I thought, okay, this will be good for the podcast. I, I, I always, I read the other side. I'm going to read both sides, Right? And I was pleasantly surprised to see that people were saying, wait a minute, that doesn't make any sense. How are they going to do the job if they don't have the money? And how are they going? And there was a, there was a good conversation that went on. Yeah, there were a few people throwing rocks, you know, but there was going to be people throwing rocks, but you have to take those into account as well. But it was pleasantly surprising to me that I was like, look at this. Pe people are, are are thinking both sides. This is great. 
I found one particular discussion board online. I'm, I'm not going to tell you where it was from. You can look it up yourself. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm not here to give plugs to, you know, social media discussion boards, but I found one called the pros and cons of defunding the police. I thought, well, okay, what, what does the, what, the, the citizenry think? This particular person said the pros, you won't have the police to deal with every little complaint. Is that a pro or a con? But nonetheless, as a cop, I'm thinking, okay, that's not bad. That's not bad. Um, Another one, people who hopefully better know what they're doing uh, for different crises. In other words, I think what they're saying is they're like other people for those crises, right? Instead of police. Now, we'll talk about that shortly. Um, These different departments can get really good at fewer things. Again, kind uh, kind of vague, but... We can assume where they're going. Um, you know, culture changes they put in here. Self-defense weapon owners will be less criticized for preparing to handle incidents on their own. Ooh, that's a leap. Um, maybe. <laughs> maybe. Uh, neighbors will find balance supporting each other uh, over nagging, uh, over stupid things they put. Those are all pros. And the cons for this person will, will there be enough police? Um Alternative systems becoming what they sought to destroy. Oh, that's a good point. Um, surprise violent encounters to unprepared alternative emergency services. Back up to, um, will they be prepared to do these things? Uh, community groups going from nice, reasonable, uh, independent to take care of reasonable matters uh, to self-inflicting groups that are take care of their own only. Like just taking care of my own. Kind of a Old West kind of deal. And there were others in here that went way different, right? One guy said, I'm a pro. I'm responsible for my own safety. If I think anyone is threatening me or my family, I must act immediately. uh, And there will be no one to complain or clean up the mess. His con was the same. What's he saying? He, you know, he's not sure. He actually went on to say, "Are, are you ready to confront another human being in a violent manner? And he said, I'm not. That's interesting. And these are just folks from all over the U.S. Um, and then there was one guy that was basically, uh, must must be some kind of uh, crazy, like, police academy tackleberry guy uh, who was uh, really kind of happy about it because he thought he was just going to arm up and take care of it himself. <laughs> Again, we look at all sides, right? But I thought that was very, very interesting. You know, people are starting to think about this, and they're starting to think about it a little bit the way we, as law enforcement, would think about it. Let's get into one of these that I was talking about earlier, okay? Will there be enough police? So you you heard, I, I, saw, I saw a headline that said um, something to the effect of, it's gone now, you know how that happens. Headline, and then, oops, we must change that. Um, And it said, Boston Police Department to uh, um, uh, donate police overtime fund. And I thought, oh, no. And those of you who aren't police that are listening to me, again, you're always welcome. But let me explain that for a minute. When I was a detective, I had hours that I worked, you know, typical come in here, leave here. However, the leave here and the come in here, very rare. I was always on call. Well, when you're on call and you get called in for a violent crime or a you know, homicide or a robbery or you know, something like that, well, 
what do you do? Go, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I, I can't come in till 9 a.m. And by the way, you only have me till 5 because I, I, can't, I can't do any more than that because, well, frankly, we have no overtime fund. Sorry about that. No, that doesn't work. You, you come in and you work till the job is done, right? And I looked that up and I thought, how could Boston completely wipe out their overtime fund? Well, it's interesting. I couldn't find that, that, that headline anymore. The headline I found was, was still quite, um, quite interesting. Boston cutting $10 million from the police department and making significant reforms. Okay, fantastic. And you read down and it says, uh, Boston will reallocate 20% of the overtime budget. Well, okay. That leaves 80. Okay, still could impact, but that's not nearly as bad or, or insightful as we're just wiping it all out. We've got to do our research. So will there be enough, right? How do we do that? You know, even uh, NYPD comes out and says, you know, they're a hundred, actually he said, they're a thousand percent behind shifting some funding from police to youth programs. And he said, it's crime fighting, just crime fighting in a better way. That's a quote from uh, uh, Commissioner uh, Dermot Shea. And I get that. We've talked about that. He's talking about community policing. That's what we're talking about. He's not saying we won't help. He's not saying this is somebody else, but what he's saying is, sure, okay, let's work on that. Let's talk for just a second about um, policing load in general. Let's say that we, you know, because there's some way for just get rid of the police. You've heard that too, right? Just deep, just disband them all, right? Just get rid of them. We'll take care of it ourselves. And then you get a little less down the way and you get, well, let's, let's have social services respond to, uh, you know, somebody who is a mental health issue and, and, and they're, they're being called on for, you know, 911 by the neighbors because they're out front throwing trash cans, I, whatever. Okay. Let's talk about that one for a minute. My fellow police officers, how many times did you go, rhetorical question because I can't hear you answer, but feel free to answer to the, to the radio or the iPod or whatever you're listening to. Uh, how many times were you called to what you assumed or, or maybe you've been there before was, was truly a mental health issue, okay? How many times have you thought, well, we really need their you know, their healthcare provider to come and, and, and help this person. We, we need, they're, they're off their meds. They're out of their meds. They didn't get their meds. We need help for this. What was the response when you called their mental health uh, provider? I'll pause for some chuckling. And I don't mean to be ugly here, but I know on my side, there's one particular guy in general. I had a good relationship, had to make that relationship um, he, he had some severe mental health issues and he, he, it wasn't like he was, he needed to go to jail, but I found myself, the rookie police officer becoming some type of healthcare provider. I, 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 I had some training on that. Basically the training I had was, Hey, you know, they're probably not criminal. Just try to talk to them. How do I do that? I mean, I'm not trained to speak to somebody with, 
with uh, multiple personality disorders or that. I had no training on that. But when called, it was, well, tell him to come by in the morning. Now, granted, this maybe this is just my experience. But but it's an experience of an officer dealing with a mental health issue. How many times have you gone to um, a, a scene uh, that was uh, not necessarily police, but let's say somebody was injured, okay? Um, a car was on fire or something like that. Not, not necessarily police, but we're called to those things every time. And how many times on your way in did you hear, and this is no slight, this, truly, this is no slight, but did you hear dispatch come back? What's, what's your ETA? Well, two minutes out, radio, what's up? Uh, well, uh, you know, uh, fire or EMS are, are staging, and they're waiting for you to go in. We call back, what radio, is there, is there another issue going on? Uh, negative, they just won't go in without you being there. Well, if we defund to the point where we lose officers, then that's going to be an issue. There must be training for other with mental health providers, fire, EMS, everybody else is going to have to have a lot of cross-training to be able to handle these. And why did they do that? Why did they stage? Because it's the unknown. Because it could be that they just fell down and hit their head and you know they've got a laceration to their forehead. Or it could be that that's what they said because the assailant was standing next to them going, don't you tell them I hit you. And if you think that's fanciful, it's not. That happens. So it was more of a protection function. Just just be there in case we need you. And half the time we'd get there and it was what it was, right? And we'd go, all right, see y'all. You're good. But that would have to change. You say, well, there's plenty of cops, DJs, plenty of cops. Every cop is scoffing at that because I have never worked with a police agency. And I, at this point, have worked with police agencies in nearly, well, actually all 50 states and... 13 countries, especially in the U.S., but even in Canada, South America, and some countries in Europe, nobody has enough cops. Matter of fact, I ask that question a lot. You've got all the cops you need, right? And everybody laughs. It's a good icebreaker because it's a joke. It's, <laughs> it's like I'm on stage at the punchline, right? Nobody has enough cops. We can't keep them. We talked about that back in the podcast on uh, academies. It's just rotating, 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 rotating. It's a hard job. People find out very quickly it's not for them. We cannot keep people in. We don't have enough. Beyond that, we don't have enough funding to buy enough. And you go, what's enough? Oh, geez. I, I thought about that. And here's where the math comes in. Let's talk about this for a minute. I did some numbers. Um, did some research. Pulled these numbers straight off these police department websites. I'm not going to name the departments, but let, let's, let's go down this line for a minute. Smaller department in uh, Illinois. No, not Chicago. Smaller department in Illinois. I looked it up. They have 48,000 calls for service a year. 48,000. That, that's that's um, roughly 6,000 a month. Okay? All right. Um, that's 216 a day. That's 10.8 per hour. And they have 20 officers per shift. And you go, well, 10.8 per hour, 20 officers per shift. Oh, that's great. Yeah, 
how long do they take? That's 10.8 per hour if they all take, like, no time at all. <laughs> but that's a small department. Let's step up, okay? Um, mid-size, mid-size department. 116,000 calls per service. 116,000 a year, okay? They have 1,000 officers, but only, only 400 of those are patrol because they're listing a lot of their officers as, you know, desk personnel and, and chiefs, and, and, and this agency has jailers. They list that. So 400 handling 116,000 calls per service a year. What about the big agency? 1,048,989 calls for service a year. That's insane. Okay. It, that, that's, that's almost, <laughs> I mean, you have to think about this, right? That's nuts. That's 2,913 a day, a day. And by the way, they have 9,000 officers. You go, oh, that's plenty. That's plenty. Yeah, that's 5,400 patrol. And that's 675 per shift. Making that 2,913 a day highly impactful. As a matter of fact, we're not talking about the time of these calls, but I can tell you working with that agency on site for many, many weeks, an officer would come in to roll call, which was very brief because they didn't have much time for it. And he would already have 35 to 40 calls holding. Hmm. Okay. So it's a calls problem, DJ. The public's calling too much. Wait a minute. Did you hear what you just said? The public is calling too much. The public is calling too much. I can tell you something, something, something doesn't seem right in my detective brain. That if you watch the news and you read the paper, defund rotten cops, defund rotten cops, get rid of them all. No, 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 no. And by the way, those numbers are current as of today. The calls for service haven't dropped off. How can those two coexist? If the general public believe that all the cops are rotten, all the cops are dirty, take the money away from them, get rid of them, start over, let social services, let somebody else do it. And by the way, I'm not against having a closer relationship with social services and fire and EMS and being able to share somebody's calls because believe me, from being a patrol officer for a while, there were a lot of calls I went on like, this isn't me. I'm about that. I like that. If we're going to shift funds, shift funds there. Help take these calls for service, many of which are those social services kind of calls, mental health kind of calls, off my plate. Okay? Glad to be there if it's a violent encounter to help you out if you need me. But if you don't need me, let me, let me go to a robbery, please. Let me go to this burglary, please. But if people are still calling, even in today's society with what's going on, how can those two core coexist? 
just something to chew on. Now, I want to give you a couple of examples. I've got a county near me, shall rename, uh, uh, remain uh, nameless, uh, but you can look it up. Uh, many, many years ago, they had so many burglaries that they decided they weren't going to them anymore. I'm not kidding. Your house is burglarized. And by the way, for the non-cops, you may call it robbed, but we know that robbery is person to person. Burglary is when you're not home. Okay. You come home from work, all the stuff's gone out of your house. You were burglarized. They don't go to them anymore. Now, granted, if somebody's still in your house, they'll come. Or if you think somebody's still in your house, they'll come. Or, but, but in general, they're not coming to them. You can go to the department. You can fill out the paperwork. You can file it for your insurance. Probably not going to get a lot of investigation. I mean, it, they, they had too many. They couldn't respond to all of them. Officers, it, burglaries take a long time. You're walking through the house. Your TV is gone. Do you have the serial number? No, of course you don't. Um, and uh, do you have the serial number? No. You Okay. Do you have the serial number? No, you don't. People are like, well, can you fingerprint my house? Well, sure. We could dust your house. But keep in mind, fingerprint dust is kind of like um, the gift that keeps on giving. It, it destroys a lot of stuff it touches. And it never comes off. So do you want to use this stuff later? <laughs> so they decided not to go. And I've been watching that. Now, the amazing part is their burglary report rate, right? Their incident of burglary has gone down. Hey, a success. Wait a minute. Hold up. Slow down. Do you all think the burglaries went down? Or do you think people came home, knew the cops weren't coming, went well, not a lot was taken. I wanted a new TV anyway. Um, my insurance has a deductible of two grand. The TV was worth 500. Uh, I can fix the door for eh, forget it. I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm opining there. But all I know is their burglary stats since then have gone down dramatically. That's interesting. Does that mean the crime went down or does that mean we just stop keeping the stats? This is also what I'm a bit of afraid of, a bit afraid of with, with, with fewer cops on the street. If we get that way, because I don't know that it means the crime will drop. I, I kind of wonder if it just means people won't call anymore. And, and it's okay. I mean, if you, you, you don't want to report it, that's all right. But what I don't want to do is I don't want agencies then coming in and going, look at us. We are a super agency. Our burglary and robbery rate has gone to near nothing. But, 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 does it, but did they stop or slow down? Maybe. But maybe not. Um, another one I want to bring up. There's an agency in New Jersey that's been getting a lot of uh, airplay. Hey, defunding work for this agency. Uh, they, they did this years ago, and, and, and it's, it's fantastic, and, and take a look. And I thought, okay, I will. Agency in New Jersey is 10 square miles. 10.34. Don't want to take the 3.4 away from them. 10.34 square miles. Was considered America's most deadly city in 10.34 square miles. And I read about this, and there are plenty of articles. Uh, and, hey, they, they've done great, and they defunded, and, and uh, they did more than defund, uh, my friends. They defunded and then dismantled the entire police department, fired everybody, and then rebuilt it. And I thought, wow, that is, whew, really? 
Okie dokie. And I read, you know, they, yeah, they, they had some, they had some bad cops. Yeah. They had some lawsuits. Yeah. They had, and I'm like, Oh, okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm, I'm, I'm getting drawn in here. And I'm like, wait a minute, but something seems odd about this. I mean, why did they get rid of all of them? Because I, I see nothing that they were, they all went to prison. I don't see, it seemed very odd. And I kept reading and kept reading and kept reading and, and, and came to a, a scholarly article in a book. Scholarly, written by a PhD, um, who lives in the city. And I found out that when they got their we're the worst in the world <laughs> moniker was the same year that their budget was cut to near nothing by by the by the state apparently the state helped fund these agencies and and it was cut to almost zero i mean in in relation it was that year that they had the highest homicide rate because they had to fire cops they had to let them go then they right after said well you guys aren't doing right and got rid of everybody and brought folks in now what was interesting to me is I, I found more research. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm a detective, paper hound, right? More research. I actually found a lawsuit against this, the residents of the city. The residents of the city. To the state saying, we're suing you because you took our police department away. In the middle of all this. The, the state Supreme Court sided with the residents. But it was too late. They'd already brought in a, a county police department. I mean, they laid off firefighters, police officers. Uh, I mean, it, it, man, uh, uh, bus service, libraries. <laughs> I mean, it, 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 was a, it was a cut. And it was just interesting that, wait a minute, it was so rotten we got rid of the police department, but, but your citizens, and I looked, and it, it was, I mean, this, this, this particular city is 90% minority in in. I looked up the paperwork and the list was massive. I couldn't even read all the names. The citizens sued you for taking them away. How bad were they again? It's just, there's another story. And it may, but perhaps I don't have all of it yet. But this is what I'm empowering my listeners to do. There's this person's story. There's that person's story. And somewhere in between is the truth. Now let's talk about what I think. Okay, I'm stepping up on the uh, podium here. Is this thing on? Yes, it is. So let's talk about what I think is a real gap in potential help. I had a conversation this week. I uh, had a lot of people reach out to me. Um, both sides of the argument, and there's more sides than two sides, right? So, so I guess varying all sides of the argument. Um, and they were just asking me questions. Um, and I said, you know what? Let's have a call. You can ask me anything you want. I know that's a little dangerous, uh, but I did it. Um, had a really good turnout and, um, they, they asked all kinds of questions. They asked questions about, uh, uh you know, current events. They asked questions about, uh, uh, the, the George Floyd and, and, uh, and riots and burnings and, and, and the shootings we've had in Atlanta. And uh, they asked all these questions and, and, and I answered them with, um, facts like, well, in an officer's training, it says that they will do X and, and Y. 
and uh, you know, we'll have to see what the body cam says, or the body cam says that, that, that you know. And, and we had great conversation, and I opened it up to just what other questions do you have? Because it seemed like they were just being very on their p's and q's, right? Uh, I don't know if they didn't want to. Uh, step in or they were shy or they didn't want to you know, feel like they're insulting me. You can't insult me. I've had people call me all kinds of things that I can't repeat here. And, and one of them literally said, well, if you got somebody that points a deadly weapon at you, do, do you have to shoot them? And I paused like I just did. And I said, run that back. Say again. If I got somebody who points a deadly weapon at me, do I have to shoot them? Well, can't you just use your taser? Can't you knock their gun out of their hand? I had another guy chime in real quick, and he goes, yeah, can't you just shoot him in the shoulder or the leg? And I'm not going to go down the rabbit hole of, of, of why that can't happen. If you'd like me to, hit me up, and I can do a whole function on training. Uh, but I will tell you this, officers, and, and think about this. If you go to the range the next time to qualify, you know, to qualify, to be able to carry a pistol and be an actual cop. Um, if you shot the silhouette's shoulder and let's say not the stomach, but the love handles right on the side, if you just, if you shot that every time, you're going to pass Nope. And I said that to them. They're like, well, maybe the training needs to change. And I said, do, do you have any idea how many cops do you think in the U.S. have the ability under a stressful situation where a deadly weapon is pointed at you, your life might be taken at any second if you do not react immediately? Do you have any idea how many cops um, have the ability to shoot the gun out of somebody's hand? I'm guessing less than 1%. And if it's any higher than that, then it was pure happenstance and luck. Cops are human. We feel the stress. We feel the stress of overtime is gone. How do I do my job if I'm a detective? We feel the stress of, oof, they just cut 50 of the rookies. And um, I haven't been here that long. I wonder if I'm next. They're thinking about that while they're patrolling. They're thinking about, how can I provide for my family if I get fired next week? Because we don't have enough money to pay my salary. Now, I am not talking about the rotten cops that should be gone. I said that in my last podcast. Rotten cops should be gone. I'm talking about the good, solid police officers who are there for the right reasons that are the vast, overwhelming majority. Think about your own job. I, I, don't, I don't know where you work. I know I have a lot of analysts and a lot of cops, and but I also have a lot of other people that listen. Think about your job. If you went in every single day thinking, oof, Massive cuts coming. I know they're coming. People are outside. Oh, look at that. They got pitchforks and, and torches and they're looking for Frankenstein and I, I, I might be next. And I just, oh, I just, well, man, I just, 
how's your job performance? How's your stress level? How's your Google searches for a new job going? The unfortunate part is I've spoken to many of my friends who are police chiefs around the United States, and they are having officers simply turn their badges in. Not officers under investigation. Not officers who have done anything wrong. Officers who just don't want to do it anymore. Don't want to do it anymore. Sad. Sad. Defunding. We'll have to see how it goes. But again, I challenge you. Is it defunding? Is it dismantling? Or is it reallocation? Think about those three. Which is it? Which would you be okay with? Which, personally, I mean, which do you think? Think of the good and the bad. Think of the, well, we had this many cops and we were still underwater. Now we have a quarter less cops and, and now we're really underwater and we'd really like to come to, uh, to, to your burglary, ma'am, but uh, like the county near me, I'm sorry, we can't do that anymore. I'm sorry, we can't do that anymore. If you can't tell, I stand on the reallocation if we're going to do this, but it better be done right. Don't tell me that we're going to reallocate funds to an unknown group of individuals who will do an unknown group of tasks with an unknown uh, regimen of training. Come to me with a plan. Come to me with a plan. And I might very well, as many cops as well, might support that plan. We're, we're not about doing this by ourselves. We're not about doing this by ourselves. We, we, we would like the help. But do us a favor. If this occurs, and if you get a group that will be dispatched to a certain call that we're not going to anymore, make sure a couple things happen. One thing, make sure dispatch knows and understands Make sure the response is quick and on time. Make sure these people are trained up. And um, make sure they don't get hurt. Make sure they don't get hurt. All I can say is I support you. I support you for your own choices. And I support you every day you're out there. I think about you. Sometimes I worry for you. But there are more supporters I believe, than there are detractors. The detractors are just louder. And now, since this was kind of a, I don't know, a confusing mire of, of uh, attitudes and thoughts and woo, kind of hard to put your finger on, I, I dug into some stupid criminals today that uh, were confused as well. Police in Pennsylvania say a convicted felon accused of shooting a bullet through a neighbor's window. We should stop right there. That's enough. Convicted felon with a gun? Mm-hmm. Oh, it gets worse. He was accused of shooting a bullet through a neighbor's window, told a judge that he fired the gun because it was, quote, the only way he knew he could unload it. Mm-mm-mm. Yes, indeed, uh, Middletown Detective Patrick Nicastro tells the Bucks County Courier, or I got this, that the 31-year-old at first denied being uh, the shooting. I, I didn't do that. I have no idea what you're talking about. But during his arraignment, acknowledged that he did indeed fire the weapon to clear the chamber because he was unfamiliar with the gun. 
or any gun, he said, despite the fact that three other weapons were found in his house. Now, no one was injured, um, but uh, he's going back to prison. Mm-hmm. I like this one. We just talked about burglaries. Police investigating a home burglary in Oklahoma were able to follow the trail to the suspects very easily. Mm-hmm. Oh, you like this one. You see, uh, these folks stole about $4,000 worth of goods from a neighbor, including a large outdoor deep fryer. Yep. Uh, police just simply followed the grease trail to the neighbor's house. Uh, the report actually said grease spots continued west from the reporting party's back door and continued across the road to the backyard gate of suspect's home. Uh, they knocked on the suspect's front door. Uh, he answered, uh, reportedly confessed, apologized, and said, I, you know, I was drunk. Oh, well, in that case, sir, no harm, no foul. Help me get the stuff back over to your neighbor. <laughs> no. Oh, I'm going to skip this one. I, uh, we're going to get this one last. It was perfect. Okay, let's jump over. I had these in a certain order, but I just redid them. Uh, how about this one? Uh, someday, you know, <laughs> how many how many social media posts can I do on here? Well, as many as they keep putting in here. You'll love this guy. His name is Christopher Wallace. You see, as police were uh, searching for him inside his home in Fairfield, Maine, couldn't find him, the 24-year-old burglary suspect posted a message to Snapchat boasting that he was hiding inside a cabinet. He 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 he. The message disappeared quickly, as Snapchat messages do, but somebody called the cops to say he's in the kitchen cabinet. And I love this. Sometimes you just love police reports because, you know, the, the cops have a sense of humor with this. The police report said, quote, a search of the kitchen cabinets turned up some food, some pots and pans, and a pair of feet. The pair of feet happened to be attached to a person, and that person was suspect Christopher Wallace. He was removed from the cabinet and placed under arrest. <clears throat> I'm telling you, that, that cop, and it doesn't state his name, that cop has a sense of humor. And I already like him. Don't know him. Already like him. Okay, this last one that I skipped, you got to hear this one. 23-year-old walked into a bank in uh, Virginia Beach and handed the teller a note that said, I need 150000 right now. Now all caps exclamation points. It went on. Please, please take three to four minutes to get here. I would appreciate it if you ring the alarm after I am gone. Make sure the money doesn't blow up on the way out. They gave him the money. He walked out. You go, well, that's a very interesting, uh, very interesting note. Yeah, here's the deal. Um, he videotaped the whole thing. Yep. Um, he posted, <laughs> he videotaped the whole thing and posted it on Instagram. Uh, really? He says in court that he was just simply asking for the money. She could have said no, and I would have left. In the video, couldn't find the video, I'm still looking. In the video, he said, quote, Hey, I want to give a shout out to Michelle Obama, Justin Bieber, and Lady Gaga. He did, in fact, say please, and a little winky emoticon on there, because he, he printed this thing. Uh, but they arrested him 22 minutes later. Why? How? Hmm. Because he uh, also posted pictures of his house. They actually took a look at his Instagram post, and earlier he said, quote, should I pay for this, or should I just walk out and take whatever I want? I don't know. How'd it work for you the first time? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. You know, 
as we go along this journey together, I may say some things you don't agree with. Uh, thus the first or this podcast or the one before that. Or maybe you do agree with me and even have a topic you'd like me to cover. By the way, thank you all for getting me into the defunding argument. Really appreciate it. Uh, but maybe you have a funny police story. You know, any of those, email me at offthebeat at MotorolaSolutions.com. Give me your thoughts and ideas. Check out my Twitter page at DJ underscore offthebeat. And of course, many of you have also found me on LinkedIn. That's fine too. Thank you all very much. Until next time, stay diligent, stay educated, and stay safe.